Welcome to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk, with Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Get ready to focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace, through practical application. Here is your host, Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Bonjour. Bonjour. Oh, I am so happy to be with you on this beautiful, beautiful, not a cloud in the sky day that I'm having today. And I am very, very buoyant. So I'm going to start us off with a a blessing and a prayer here. I invite you to do as I'm doing and place your hand on your heart. When we take breaths like this with our hand on our heart, it literally boosts our immune system for six hours, just like when we get upset or angry, it depresses our immune system for many hours. So doing this practice of tuning in just for about 90 seconds, which is about the time of a blessing or a prayer, uh, it boosts our immune system. It's so good for us on every level so we take a breath of gratitude lifting our vibration up so we can hear and see and feel and no more clearing no more clearly the blessings that are ours to receive and we do wish to receive them we're grateful to relinquish all the habits of ignoring our blessings rejecting our blessings We're partnering up with that higher Holy Spirit self and we're consciously attuning to the high vibration of our true identity, which is perfect love now and forever. We're grateful to come together for the purpose of surrendering all beliefs that are false, every story that we've made up. We're willing to accept and to allow that our story is a story of divine glory. We are willing and we are grateful to share our willingness to bring benefit to all beings because we're one with them. In gratitude, we let it be. And so it is. Amen. 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 Yes, we are blessed. We are a blessing. It's all good. (laughs) And part of why I'm so buoyant is I'm so grateful and impressed by the people who came on the retreat. We just did a spring clearing retreat. It was so wonderful to have five days uh, together to really deepen our practice. We did yoga every day. And uh, it's a simple yoga. Those of you who got the live stream, you you know what we were doing. And uh, so wonderful to be with people who are really willing to lay the burdens down. And our topic this week in this broadcast is resistance to happiness, something that I used to experience a lot of. And I know more than I wish I knew, except now I can use it to be truly helpful. (laughs) And that is certainly my intention right now. So thank you, my friend, for joining with me. Let, Let us be truly helpful by simply being happy, living happily. And I remember that when I read in the workbook, this line in lesson 24 it shocked me it shocked me so here it is it's the first line in lesson 24 lesson 24 is entitled i do not perceive my own best interests so listen to this the first line in no situation that arises do you realize the outcome that would make you happy. In no situation that arises, do you realize the outcome that would make you happy? Unequivocal. Very clear. You do not know what will make you happy. 
Therefore, you have no guide to appropriate action and no way of judging the result. What you do is determined by your perception of the situation, and that perception is wrong. It is inevitable, then, that you will not serve your own best interests. Bam. So, for me, one of the impetus became for me after reading this, taking Jesus at his word, that I do not know what will make me happy. I, I don't realize my own best interests. So, lead me, guide me, show me. Because I, I, goodness gracious, I'd like to be happy. Our happiness is vital to us being effective teachers of God. And yet we resist being happy. I wrote a little bit about it today in my daily shot of spiritual espresso, which, by the way, if you do not know, I write spiritual inspiration for my own spiritual practice each and every day. And uh, I record a prayer that goes with it. And I call it my daily shot of spiritual espresso. It's totally free. Anyone can subscribe to it. You can read it there. It's my blog. Uh, and uh, I post it at Facebook every day. And there you go. It's yours. It's yours for the asking. Uh, and what I have seen in myself is the resistance to be happy. Uh, and because one of the things was, it's so layered, but just because it's really, really layered, like a very dense onion might be layered, every layer made to make you cry. <laughs> um, it doesn't matter because to the Holy Spirit, all of it is made of nothing. All of it is false. None of it is real. Therefore, it has no power, right? This is one of the things we were talking about on the retreat. Don't give your story power. Take your power back from the story. You gave the story the power. Now you can take it back. And uh, I'm going to share here something. It just feels like I, I am very strongly guided to say this today. I woke up and before I even got out of bed today, this was, came through it. It's never come through like this before, but I'm getting ready uh, in April to run my Finding Freedom boot camp again. And uh, this Finding Freedom boot camp, it, it really contains uh, the core components that I use to get out of being miserable and to feeling helpless and hopeless, like a spiritual loser and a fake, into feeling empowered and strong and clear. I just these are the things that changed my life. These are the things that are in my Finding Freedom spiritual boot camp class that are, it's taking the basic a Course in Miracles principles and applying them in a boot camp way and doing it with other people. Because I've never done a physical boot camp, though I, I think about it sometimes. Um, I, I do other, I love to work out, but I don't do, a phys, I have never done a physical boot camp. Well, a little bit here and there. Um, and I love working out with other people. I love it. It's so much fun and so much easier, so much more enjoyable than working out by myself. That's what I find. So, um, and the same is true for spiritual practice, which is why I feel so buoyant today after the retreat, because I got to practice with people, uh, people I've never met before, people I've known but not been in person with before, uh, dear friends, a uh, whole combination of people, and so much fun to do the work 
together. So many breakthroughs because we were doing the work together. And this is how my classes like Finding Freedom and Masterful Living are designed. So Masterful Living registration is closed till next year. I probably will offer it next year. But Finding Freedom is what we have now. So this is what I woke up thinking this morning is that we, uh, my team at the Power of Love Ministry, we have a wonderful, wonderful team, and uh, we worked very uh, diligently to get certification uh, and to help those who are healthcare workers, therapists, and people like that, uh, but nurses, uh, doctors, all kinds of people who are healthcare workers who are required to submit CEUs or licensing units, uh, continuing education units. I'm sure this could be used for people who are practitioners and ministers, all kinds of people, uh, that they could take Finding Freedom and uh, we can help them get their CEUs, their LUs, um, by taking this class. Uh, I've had attorneys take this class, change their practice. I've had uh, all kinds of therapists and all kinds of people take the class and have it help them professionally. Uh, and especially people who are challenged to work with clients and to work with students and coworkers. It's a great help uh, because it's so helpful in in transforming relationships to make them harmonious. And uh, I really, truly would very much like to support the, the folks who are the, helping the people, helping the people who help the people. Uh, and one thing I've been contemplating a lot about lately is finding ways to perhaps maybe do small intensives with one, two, or three people to support people in particular who are um, just feeling really super challenged and um, particularly folks who can't let go of the past uh, for whatever reason. Could be they were raped, molested, uh, bankrupted, um, dealing with chronic fear and depression and things like that. Because I have seen so many people go through the Finding Freedom from Fear boot camp and really make radical shifts and changes. Uh, and they don't fall back. They keep going onward and upward. And uh, I've had many conversations over the years with folks who are therapists and folks who have been in therapy. And I just think there's a lot that therapists can learn about forgiveness, uh, which is so liberating and so freeing, and then they can help their clients with it. Um and so this is one of the reasons why I'm starting to train people to teach my forgiveness workshop. And this is why at the A Course of Miracles conference in Boston, I am doing a whole section before the conference starts on facilitating study groups, leading study groups, starting study groups to help people who are interested in doing that. So this this is very important to me. I've seen so many people benefit from the work I've done. I really would like to help more people also uh, help more people. And so these are just some of the things I'm thinking about. You can always write to me at jennifer at jenniferhadley.com. Tell me your ideas. Tell me... Uh, your ideas for shows, uh, I'm interested, so please do. I don't always have the time to respond to every single email I get, but I do my best. And happiness, 
happiness is how we are demonstrating that we're truly living A Course in Miracles, is that we're happy. Now, one thing I've said, I'm sure a few times on this broadcast, is that when my mother was so ill and struggling so much in the body, um, this is when I learned that when I was caring for her and supporting my dad through that time, uh, that's when I learned that joy is not conditional. Love is not conditional. The spiritual qualities of the divine, which are our inheritance, they are our true identity, these great rays of peace, joy, freedom, wisdom, clarity, harmony, wholeness, abundance, prosperity, wisdom, all these spiritual qualities and more, purity, beauty, these spiritual qualities are omnipresent, omniactive all the time. And we're here to express them perfectly and bring them into manifestation in the world. So when we seek the kingdom first, then we're literally undoing all the attraction and attachment to the false. When we seek the kingdom first, we're placing our attention on what is real, and so naturally we are dissolving and resolving our attachments to what is false. And what is false is everything that leaves us wanting, craving, hating, uh, upset of any kind. So when we place our attention on the kingdom and seek only to know the kingdom which is within, the truth within, that spark of our divinity, the light of our very beingness, the Christ light, when we seek that, then everything is added unto us. Because as A Course in Miracles says, ask and it is given because it already has been given. So everything that's added unto us has already been given to us. We just blocked it from our mind. And so this is the teaching of A Course in Miracles. In no situation that arises, do you realize the outcome that would make you happy? So the whole thing is stop thinking we know. In no situation that arises, do you realize the outcome that would make you happy? So I'm just going to invite you to turn within right now and think of someplace in your life where you're not happy. You're bummed out. You feel a sense of lack or limitation. Maybe there's a sense of shoulda, woulda, coulda. It's regret. On the retreat, we kept saying, don't look back because you're not going that way. But when we're looking back a lot, then happiness is not possible. It's just not. We can't be happy in the past. Can only be happy now. Can't be happy in the future. Can only be happy now. We can plan to be happy in the future, but the future never comes. So we're planning for something that never comes. Happiness is not conditional. I really prefer the word joy to happiness, but I get it. I get what Jesus why Jesus chose happiness. So I use the word joy because to me joy is a spiritual quality, but happiness is fleeting. But he's using happy here the way I use joyful. 
in no situation that arises do you realize the outcome that would make you joyful. Because the only thing that's going to make us happy and joyful, really and truly, is to let let go of thinking that something will accomplish that. It's letting go of the blocks to love that will reveal our natural joyful state and stop interrupting it. That's the truth right there. So he's telling us you have no guide to appropriate action and no way of judging the result. What you do is determined by your perception of the situation and that perception is wrong. So for me, it's about learning to turn it over. This is why trust is the number one characteristic of the teachers of God. Because without trust, there's no happiness. If we are aware and are just willing to accept that no situation arises in which we know or realize or have any awareness about the outcome that would actually make us happy, then the way to happiness clearly is to be shown, is to be led, is to be guided. If we do not trust, we will not allow ourselves to be led and shown and guided. So this is why I see folks who are in class with me, they make a determination in the boot camp to, to interrupt these patterns. And by doing it like a boot camp, they really get some real traction. There's some real difference that they can make pretty darn quickly. And that's why it's so much fun for me, because that's what I did for myself. And I so much prefer doing it with other people. Oh, my goodness, yes. So in the text... Uh, in the in chapter twenty one, uh, section seven, here it says uh, right towards the end, paragraph twelve. Uh, it says, "No one decides against his happiness." But he may do so if he does not see he does it. If you don't notice that you're deciding against your happiness, then you may continue to do so. So so let's put a couple of clues together here. In no situation that arises do you realize the outcome that would make you happy. So, for instance, I used to argue with my loved ones and think I was right when I wasn't. And they would think that they were right when they weren't right either. And we thought that our happiness would come when the other one realized we were right. But neither of us was right. So there was no possibility of happiness in the equation. No one decides against his happiness, but he may do so if he does not see he does it. You see, now the other thing is here, and we'll get into this more in the second half of the show. Uh, what, what, uh, what happens is we think that the things of this world are going to make us happy, but they do not. This is to me, the most fundamental thing for us to get, that we confuse two states of mind. Uh, So when we're wanting, needing, and craving and feeling a lack and a limitation, and we have this idea that, okay, let's say I'm wanting, I'm needing, and craving a vacation. Really, really want and need that. And I think going on vacation will make me happy. No, going on vacation is not going to make anybody happy. However, giving up the wanting, the needing, and the craving for a vacation while you're on vacation, you will start to feel lighter and happier only because 
you are not energizing lack, limitation, needing, wanting, and craving because for that time that you're on vacation, you think you have what you want. You think you have what you want. So it's a false kind of happiness. Let's not settle for that anymore. We can do better than that. And the delusion is that we're going to have to give up things that make us happy in order to have that. But that's just not true. So that's what we're going to look about in the next half. I'd like to mention here as we're going to the break that if you're not already signed up for my free text messages, Course in Miracles Inspirational Text Messages, you can text the word MIRACLES to the number 35227. Text the word MIRACLES to 35227. Or you can sign up at livingacourseofmiracles.com. So it's time for me to take a break. I'm Jennifer Hadley. You're listening to A Course in Miracles on Unity Online Radio, where we're living the love, we're walking the talk, and I'll be right back. Thank you for tuning in for A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. Welcome back. We're talking about resistance to happiness. And in the course, Chapter 21, uh, Section 7, Paragraph 12, I was sharing that No one decides against his happiness, but he may do so if he does not see that he's doing it. And if he sees his happiness as ever-changing, now this, now that, and now an elusive shadow attached to nothing, he does decide against it. So anyone who's identified with the ego, anyone, will likely see their happiness as being elusive. Sorry, I'm just hearing a noise. I wanted to just see if I could do something about that. Um, But elusive happiness or happiness in changing form that shifts with time and place is an illusion that has no meaning. So deep down, we know everything there is to know. We know everything there is to know because there's one mind, just one mind. And so in that one mind is the awareness of the truth. It's hidden, and that's why I say that giving up the blocks to love is what reveals the truth. So we don't have to ask for the truth. We don't have to ask for wisdom or joy or peace or any of these things have already been given to us. Ask and it is given because it already has been given. It's when we seek the kingdom first, then all these things seem to be added unto us just because now we're releasing the blocks to them. So Most people do see their happiness as being conditional. Uh, So, you know, if they are happy with their job, happy in their relationships, all these different causes of happiness, not because we're one with the infinite, but the true cause of our eternal joy is that we are of God. And we've blocked off our awareness and our connection with the divine, and so we're looking for substitutes for joy, substitutes for happiness. And so we've kidded ourselves so long, and anyone who's listening to the sound of my voice right now is like me. You, you know 
you know deep down that the things of this world are not going to bring you happy happiness. But it's just a habit of thinking that they will. It's just a habit. So elusive happiness or happiness in changing form that shifts with time and place is an illusion that has no meaning. Happiness must be constant because it is attained by giving up the wish for the inconstant. So we've settled for the inconstant and talked ourselves into believing that it's not possible for us to have the constant why? Because we're so bad, because we're so evil, because we're so wrong, because we're so unlovable and so unworthy and so guilty and so ashamed, we don't deserve perfect love and perfect happiness. But these are our inheritance. And because every sense, uh, every idea, every belief that we have that we are unworthy, not good enough, wrong, bad, whatever, all of that is false. It's, our lives are predicated on false beliefs. And because they are false, they tumble very quickly when we're willing to withdraw our energy from them. We have to be willing to withdraw our energy from them. We have to be willing to stop looking for happiness in the world to find true happiness. See, and this addresses something I did an episode on a couple years ago, maybe uh, back in the archive, uh, about the fear to look within. If the kingdom is within and we have a fear to look within, uh, we're screwed. But... <laughs> No, because we can choose again. Yes. And one of the things I was talking about on the retreat, I think it was on the retreat, was that we're choosing again for all the lifetimes when we chose separation, lack, and limitation. Now is our opportunity to choose again. And to decide again, to choose vision, and to take responsibility for what we see, right? These are our tools. And that's why I love doing my boot camp class, because we work it together. And we're working it on a, on a, a really uh, beautiful basis. It's fun, and it's powerful. And our willingness gets so amped up that... Spirit just says, okay, give that to me, give that to me. And we just start giving away all the false beliefs and patterns and habits that seemed so real and so strong and so pervasive and so solid. We can just start giving them away, giving them away, giving them away and have amazing, miraculous healing. It works. It really works when you are willing. And it's so much easier to be willing in a group of people. Uh, I was going to share something. Um, what was it? It'll come back. Elusive happiness or happiness in changing form that shifts with time and place is an illusion that has no meaning. Happiness must be constant because it is attained by giving up the wish for inconstant. So when we rest on our own opinions and judgments, which change so easily, then our happiness is based on the inconstant. So, for instance, we can argue that we're right about something. It could be something that's really not very meaningful, but we can get super upset about it, like, who ate the last piece of cake, or why didn't you bring home the milk, or uh, it was your turn to empty the dishwasher, and I did it the last three times. We're so right. And we think that in that moment, our happiness will be predicated on the other person saying, 
oh, you're right, I'm wrong, or oh, it's my fault you're upset, or I should never have done that, or you're so good and I'm so bad, or uh, whatever it might be. But that actually won't bring us happiness. If anything, there may be a delay, but we'll actually feel frightened, worried, upset as a reaction. And we may not equate that upset to what is actually the cause of it, right? So Course of Miracles, early lessons, I'm never upset for the reason I think. I'm never upset for the reason I think. Because invariably, any person I've ever spoken to thinks they're upset or feels upset, even the minus irritation or frustration, they blame it on something in the world. But that is not the cause of their upset. The cause of their upset is in their mind. It's not in the world. And we can prove this. And once we prove it, then we can make a real shift. So I used to think that I was upset because of everything in the world. And I was upset almost all the time. Annoyed, frustrated, angry, almost all the time. But I was willing to prove it to myself that that was not why I was upset. And that I was upset because of my perception of what did or didn't happen in the world. It was the meaning I made of it that was upsetting me. And why the meaning that we make of it upsets us is not even because of the meaning. So for instance, somebody forgets our birthday. and My friends forget my birthday. They do. They forget my birthday. They forget my birthday it happened because my birthday is usually right around Thanksgiving. I've talked about this on the show a bunch of times. And so people forget about my birthday. But I know they love me, even if they forget about my birthday. Them remembering my birthday has nothing to do with whether or not they love me. This I know. This I know. If I was going to hold it against my friends that they forgot my birthday, I would make myself miserable. Instead, I'd rather just accept that my birthday is pretty meaningless. I've given it all the meaning that it has for me. I enjoy celebrating my birthday. I enjoy celebrating other people's birthdays. I love that we're having a human experience. Sometimes I love it more than other times and less at other times. But I'm grateful for this human experience. I'm glad I was born into this world, or so it seems. I enjoy that. I like celebrating it. But just because someone doesn't celebrate my birthday uh, and let me know it, doesn't mean that they don't love me. This I'm sure of. So, but people get upset and they make a meaning of it. And even the fact that they're making that meaning of it is not what's upsetting them. What's actually upsetting them, and you won't see it until you're willing to see it, is that instead of perfect happiness, instead of love, Instead of joy, we're choosing to attack. That's the real reason we're upset, is we could choose love, but we're choosing attack, even though deep down we know that every time we attack, the one we're attacking is ourself. Because there's only one, one mind. Who else is there to attack? There is no one else. So if I attack myself, then I'm saying happiness is changing form that shifts with time and place. It's an illusion that has no meaning. So then 
I'm going to decide against my happiness. It's too hard. Who cares? And so the actual causes of happiness, the actual opportunities to be loving, to be kind, to be generous of heart, to be patient, to be willing, those are our opportunities to align with the divine and be happy. We will not see them as bringing us happiness. So someone keeps forgetting to bring home the milk, keeps forgetting to take out the trash, keeps forgetting your birthday, keeps forgetting to pay you back the money they owe you. You could extend love and compassion, which is not letting people walk all over you. It's just not going into attack thoughts. I I can love someone who's disrespecting me I don't have to attack them and I don't have to give them opportunities to further disrespect me. So let's say someone like I have a friend whom I dearly love, who the last few times we made plans to get together, they stood me up. First they, they, a couple of times they called me at the very last minute on a Friday night and said, I'm not going to be able to get together. I'm just too tired. I had too long a day at work. Well, you do that a few times. It's like, well, you're, and you're calling me at seven o'clock to tell me that. Like I already figured we're not getting together at this point. It just, but I know they're not intentionally being disrespectful of me. They're disrespecting themselves. They're disrespect, disrespecting themselves by planning too much. You know you don't, you just want to go home after a 10-hour day. Why would you make a plan with me and then cancel it? You're just going to feel badly about yourself. Why would you do that to yourself? So why would I take that personally? My friend is disrespecting themselves and pushing away a friend. Why push a friend away? A friend who truly loves you. Unless you don't love yourself. Why would I take that personally? I used to. But once I saw what was really going on, that I'm never upset for the reason I think. I don't have to be upset by what people do or don't do anymore. I still get annoyed and frustrated because I'm not perfect at this. Just saying. I'm owning that. I'm not pretending I'm perfect at this, but I aspire to be because I aspire to live without upset and to live demonstrating that I trust God in every moment. And that is why I am joyful. (laughs) So I, the last time I made a plan with the same friend after a couple of late last minute cancellations, nothing totally stood up and I just said okay I get it I get it it's okay I didn't make them wrong or bad or complain I never brought it up I just don't make plans with that friend we haven't made a plan since they stood me up would I like to see my friend and spend time with my friend yeah but that's okay it's okay It's okay. If my friend called me up and said, I really would like to get together, I I might say, okay, can we make a plan that you'll be sure to keep? And it's been a few years, so I'd be like, sure, yeah, of course. And if they stood me up again, I don't need to take it personally. I don't need to take it personally. I can still go out to dinner. I can still go to the movies. I can still do whatever I like. so important to see that we resist happiness by so many different ways. So one of them is the the way we make meaning of things. Uh, One of them is that we think our happiness is conditional, which never will be. That, That point about 
like you go on vacation and you think you're happy because you're on vacation. It's really if you've given yourself a break. I'm going to take a sip here. <clears throat> Taking a break from wanting, craving, needing. Oh, something's bringing up something for someone. My throat is closing up. <laughs> and it's too big a burden to lay our the causes of our happiness on other people in our relationships. Woo, that's too much for a relationship to bear. Who wants to be, I mean, dysfunctional people are the only people I know who are interested in being in a relationship where they think, they can make other people happy or other people can make them happy. Been there, done that. I learned all there is to learn about it. Not doing that anymore. I am responsible for what I see and what I feel. I am responsible. Responsibility for what I feel. Now, Another reason that we resist being happy is, in addition to, uh, we talked a little bit about this, we don't feel we deserve it. We feel we should be punished. Punishment is such a big component of the ego thought system that everyone should be punished. Punish, 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 punish. It's brutal. It's absolutely brutal. And punishment doesn't help anything or anyone. The threat of punishment doesn't help anyone or anything. Responsibility, that's the key. Punishment, it's, it's interesting. I, I think if I were a parent, it would be such a great learning curve for me because in parenting, there is the temptation to punish, Right. But instead, if you can teach a child to take responsibility for their choices and their actions, no punishment and consequences can sometimes seem like punishment, uh, no punishment at all, just responsibility, so powerful, very, very powerful. Punishment, I think, is uh, certainly it's egoic and it's a lazy way out. And I don't say that to condemn anyone, but it, 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 it takes real contemplation and willingness to follow spiritual guidance to get out of that mode of um, consequences and punishment. This we're recalibrating to a new way without punishment. So that's another thing I invite you to consider where in your life you're thinking you should be punished or someone else should be punished. And can you give that up? Can you give that thinking up? Can you give that way up? And ask spirit to help you see the better way, the way of responsibility. Helping children to learn to take responsibility for their choices and their actions without punishment. Tremendous. So another reason that we're challenged to allow ourselves to feel happy is, is this idea that we're not worthy we're not worthy, and we're also not familiar with happiness. It's an unfamiliar vibration. We don't trust it. So when we fear punishment by God because we feel so bad and so wrong, uh, we will punish ourselves and we will run from happiness because we don't feel we deserve it and we fear, and this is often... Um, unconsciously we fear 
happiness that if God sees that we're happy, thinking that, you know, God is an old man in the sky with an attitude issue, uh, that if God sees us being happy when we don't deserve happiness, God will punish us. So better that we punish ourselves or we just don't allow our happiness and then God won't punish us because God will say, yeah, she's got that under control. She's punishing herself. I don't need to go out of my way to punish her. I'm just going to let, she's doing a pretty good job. I'll let her do that. That's really how a lot of ego-identified people are thinking unconsciously. They're not even aware of it. So people fear happiness because they fear it's immediately going to be met with some kind of punishment. You don't deserve to be happy, so if you're happy, you're going to get punished for it because you don't deserve it. These are egoic thoughts, all of which cause us to resist being unhappy. So there's quite a lot to unpack from this episode. If you have any thoughts about it, I would encourage you to listen to it again and again. And hey, come to Finding Freedom Boot Camp and let's look at it together. Let's really, let's shift it because when we are happy, we're demonstrating the power of love. We're demonstrating the power of these teachings. Then we're truly living a course in miracles. And it's such a powerful thing. We can be happy. We really can. I, I just, I, I've, I've been so amazed at my own shifting and how much others around me have shifted. So it's a gift that we give to ourselves, but we also share it with everyone we're in relationship with. A little bit can go such a long way. I love the stories that people tell in class of how they changed something. It changed their family, changed their workplace, changed their community. We can do this. We really can. And I invite you to consider joining me next time I offer my Finding Freedom Boot Camp. If you would like to get weekly reminders when we post the transcript at livingacourseofmiracles.com, you can sign up for a once-a-week email at radio. You, you, you text the word radio to 35227. Text the word radio to 35227. And a big thank you to all those who write reviews of the radio show and send a tithe or donation. Thank you so much. I invite you to place your hand on your heart and say, I am willing. We're willing. So grateful. And we share the benefits with all. In gratitude, we let our willingness ring throughout the world. Amen, amen, amen. Have a great rest of your week.